a bad example. His associates were the worst in the town, and when there came the time that my safe was robbed and the loot was found upon Dunbar, I could not have saved him, even though I had believed him innocent. It was simply a case of the people against Dunbar, and I was prosecuting witness. Others had robbed me, and Dunbar unthinkingly had held the goods until arrested. I could not prove this at the time, and so Dunbar was convicted. But as an incident in this story, on the day that he entered prison to begin a four-year sentence, Lance, the most effeminate boy I had known in my experience, entered the Naval Academy at Annapolis, there to begin a four-year tutelage in a profession where the most masculine attributes are required. I saw him on his four vacations at home, each time more mature, more certain of himself, more effeminate in speech and mannerisms, yet graceful in bearing, and possessed of what might be called masculine beauty. He was tall, erect, with curly hair and a pink complexion, untouched by the tan of sun and sea and wind, for he had not yet begun his two years' sea cruise. I visited Dunbar in prison as often as I saw Lance, for my own vacations took me into his vicinity. On the first three occasions he was sulky and resentful, but on the fourth and last was utterly changed. He begged my forgiveness, was earnest and hopeful of the future. He asked for books to read and advice on his plans. I met him more than halfway and soon learned the cause of the change in him, the warden's daughter. She had lent him her small store of books, had sympathised with him as she dared or cared and had become his goddess of light and hope. I talked with her before I left. She was a tall, willowy sort of girl with a very sweet, spiritual face, not so beautiful as compelling. She could exercise a strong influence on any man of Dunbar's rugged type. Dunbar was tall, broad, and intensely masculine. He was dark of complexion and dark of mood, for his limitations bore heavily upon him. He knew that he must start life and ambition handicapped by a term in prison. But the dogged, courageous spirit of the man triumphed over this, and he had planned for a seafaring career, in which not too much would be asked of a man's past, and not too much would be required in the way of refinement to ensure success. For I know I'm a bad investment, Doc, he said, because I didn't go to school when I could, and I travel with the worst playmates I could find. But I think I can make it up. I'll have that girl ahead of me to reach for and work for if I get her. She understands about my kind of men. There are a lot of us here. I wished him good luck, and when his time had expired, he served the full term with no commutation. I secured him a berth with a relative of mine who commanded a ship, and he went to sea. The ship sailed on the day that Lance's leave expired, and on that day Lance too went to sea on his practice cruise. Astrologers say that given the date, place, and exact minute of a person's birth, a calculation can be made that will prophesy the happenings for good or evil in that person's life and fix the dates or the periods of time. And conversely, if given the dates of the happenings and departures, the exact minute and place of birth can be determined. If this is true, it would equally apply to the case of two persons born side by side, giving them similar experiences varying only by the pressure of environment and the initial distance apart when born. And Lance and Dunbar seemed to be proving it true. Shortly after they left, 
The jail warden was elected sheriff and moved his goods and family to the county seat, the small town where we lived. The daughter, now about seventeen, was welcomed in the best society of the place. I saw her often, and the more I learned of her beautiful mind, the more I deplored Dunbar's unfortunate infatuation and felt that a lesser girl would have answered the purpose. But now I know that a lesser girl could not have reached him. He needed a star of the first magnitude. In two years, Lance was back, a past midshipman, waiting for his commission as ensign and an assignment to a ship. Dunbar did not appear, and I wondered if the connection was broken, but was relieved on this point by a letter from my relative, which apprised me that Dunbar had quit him to ship second mate with another skipper. And on comparing dates, I found that this was simultaneous with the return of Lance. Though Dunbar was in San Francisco.